eating disorders are super common in this industry. People don't talk about it a lot, but they're all over the place. I guarantee you that. I can guarantee you that. Um, and it can be, we can say eating disorders or just anything that results from body dysmorphia, right? Mm-hmm. Which that could be. So it's a combination of eating disorder plus overexercising disorder. So what have we done here? We've essentially established, when we talk about this for, we essentially establish a bar that's pretty high for us now. Like we want to look, you know what I mean? Like we want to look a certain way. And this, and this is even worse for people that have, that have competed before and they've achieved that like contest condition, you know, well, I hate to break it to you, but you're not going to look like that. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's, it's not going to happen. So we've set this bar really, really high. And genuinely people are just afraid that they'll regress like some, like magically, if they eat a little more food that they're just going to blow up and be, you know, a blimp or something and just lose everything that they've worked for. When really what happens is they restrict for so long that when they finally do half, they're basically forced to eat more and exercise less. They do blow up because they've established, you know, They've established all of these like dysfunctional hormones and and digestion and all these things that we were talking about before. So of course, yeah, they're going to gain fat back. Like their body's been basically starved for forever instead of just kind of like having periods of eating more and eating less along the way and doing it proper time increments and things like that. They could have basically avoided all of that. The Cerebral entertainment thank you again for checking into this edition of the cerebral entertainment podcast before we get started i just want to remind you to go to buyjack.com slash cep to pick up all of your cep network gear including the new hoodies and coffee mugs representing all three of the shows on our network including crusher cast raised on the radio and of course the cep also, head on over to truenutrition.com for all of your nutrition and supplement needs. And when you check out, be sure to use the code CEPN for a 5% discount on your total order. Now, for this episode, Colton and I finish up our three-part series titled Adaptions Associated with Physique Enhancement with Austin Stout. As you probably know by now, Austin is a competitive bodybuilder, strength coach, podcaster, and a fountain of information that I know you've discovered already listening to this series. During this third and final episode titled Psychological Consequences of Fitness, you will hear us discuss the personality types that tend to engage in bodybuilding and the types of people who tend to realize negative consequences thereof, how a person's environment plays a role in their fitness lifestyle, the manifestation of eating disorders, and much more. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to warm up those brains one more time. So without further introduction, here we go. Hey everybody, welcome back to yet another riveting edition of the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. I am James, and with me, as always, is my good friend, Colt. Absolutely. And on the line with us today for part three of our series, Austin Stout. Austin, good to see you, man. Thanks for having me and putting up with me for three weeks now. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, two weeks in a row, even. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, just, we just watched some videos from the barn gym. I guess I was the leg training this morning. Yeah, I just got done training a couple hours ago so so my question is in in an hour or so when we get up how hard is that going to be (laughs) oh yeah well i'm trying to think about it (laughs) yeah it's more like it's more like the uh it's more like the the drunken haze my nervous system is in for like the next hour after i train right i just it's funny because the guy that came and trained with me, he's like, dude, you sound like you're just intoxicated. Like you can't put together a sentence by the end of the workout. It's like slurring my words. Guess <laughs> <laughs> that's a good thing though, right? <laughs> yeah. As long as you, you know, recover enough. Tomorrow's off day. I won't train tomorrow. So we'll, we'll just, uh, it'll be all emails and all that fun stuff. Yeah. So how do you, how do you set up your off days and stuff like that? Just whenever you think you need it, or do you have a, a basic plan put together? Yeah, it's almost the same every week, just because it, just how it works with my schedule. At least lately, it will vary. It will vary a little bit, but I normally train on the weekends. Most weekends, just because um, 
if I, I, I'll have work stuff to do, like make a plan or some emails and stuff, but it's, it's way heavier during the week. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, I try to, I only really want to train a couple times during the week. I have more time to just focus on the work stuff. So it's normally Saturday, Sunday train. Then I'll train two other days during the week, Tuesday, Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday, something like that. Gotcha. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, I couldn't help but yep. notice how how massive that your uh, that your legs have gotten over recent time. You got you got some huge legs, man. It's like tree trunks. <laughs> um, I've actually had pretty. I had okay. I think I had pretty okay leg genetics. Um, but I mean, I trained them like super crazy hard, obviously. So, um, and I tore my hamstring about eight weeks ago which I don't know if you guys saw that online, that big black and blue photo I posted with my torn, uh-huh. torn hamstring. Right. Yeah, it was gross. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was. But knock, <laughs> you know, knock on wood so far, I've been every, like reintroducing everything's been okay. I haven't squatted. We did do some leg presses today, like slow, like a slow tempo, you know, nice and controlled leg press. Um, it's, it seems to be okay. And no, no issues with it. Really. Like I have a pretty good doctor that does, uh, deals with like muscular injuries or joint tendon, you know, ligament type injuries and stuff. So he, he did some PRP PRP injection on my hamstring, which sped, I'm sure that had to have sped it up. Cause I was shocked how fast it healed. Nice. So, good. So that was how long ago? When did that happen? It's, uh, not even well, New Year's Eve. Dang. So less than yeah, like what eight, not even eight weeks quite, maybe. Mm. Ish. Yeah. And yeah, and I mean I'm push mm. I push the leg curls and stuff as hard as I possibly can. Yeah. You know, and um it the leg press, I mean it's not like super crazy heavy, but it's decently heavy. And I push it pretty hard. And yeah, he told me everything looked good on my follow up he does ultrasound to look for muscle tears and, you know, and, and stuff in there. So he's like, yeah, everything healed up super fast. He said that the PRP can cut your healing time down by like half. That's crazy. And a lot of people. So yeah. So very sweet. Nice. Well, man, we've, we've got you on the line today to uh, kind of finish up this series. And our, our topic is one that's definitely got my interest peaked. And I know it will for a lot of people. And that's the psychological consequences of fitness or the, you know, we've mentioned the, the consequences or the side effects. So, you know, you can, you can wrap it up in a nice bow and call it results. Um, but there are a lot of different areas uh, in, in the, the psychological aspects of, of fitness that a lot of different rabbit holes we could go down. Um, so if, if you don't mind, why don't you start us off with what you've got in mind about what it means when we say the psychological consequences of fitness. Okay. Yeah. So there's a lot of different ways, little directions that could branch off in, but I think we can definitely, we could definitely look around and probably see certain personality types that kind of gravitate towards the more extremes, right? Uh, you know, you're, you're person that's not very well organized or kind of fly by the seat of their pants type of person's probably not going to be a super dedicated bodybuilding type. Right. Because, right. Then, you know, it's just not, it doesn't really, probably doesn't really appeal to them that much. I mean, the idea might sound good, but the actions of doing it probably aren't very appealing. Right. And then you have, you have some other people that are just kind of right at home with that structure and um, redundancy and, you know, repetition. So, you know, those types of people also tend to have other personality traits that you're probably going to see in their lifetime. And you, and you can amplify that to real, you know, big extremes like um, OCD, right? So we mm-hmm. can we can take someone that kind of has this type A personality and we put them in a, you know, in a structured lifestyle that is very, works good for them. You know, it works good for them because they have control. They micromanage, right? They micromanage their food and their schedule and their training and so on and so forth. <clears throat> But inevitably, over time, they want more and more control, and they don't always have control of everything. So 
there are times when we don't have control that it makes them give them anxiety, right? So anxiety or stress, and it causes them to just feel very uncomfortable. So what we end up with is somebody that is um, overmanaging their variables, and they just end up with this really bad, you call it like a bad relationship with, you know, whether it be with food or the whole lifestyle in general. And it's something that manifests over time. I mean, you see it, you'll see other uh, good example would be like, I've seen people that were maybe like former drug addicts or had former um, eating disorders or something. And they gravitate towards, they gravitate towards bodybuilding and they, those people almost always gravitate towards the more extreme side, right? When we're talking like very specific managing details, right? Because, right. Cause all they're doing is really just trading one habit for another. Right. And it's meant to be, it's meant to fill that void in a more healthy manner, which, which initially it does. I mean, initially it's obviously like, I'd much rather see someone lift weights and weigh their food than, than use opiates every day. Right. All right. Mm-hmm. Obviously. But at the same time, you can definitely get comfortable and kind of fall into that, that uh, really obsessive, you know, really obsessive, like, uh, stronghold that this lifestyle can put you into. And you're almost to the point where they, they can't do anything else. And their whole life is basically run by this. Right. So that can be, you know, these people can end up over-exercising or doing things that are too extreme and actually damaging their body. You know, we talked about all these hormonal issues and all this, like, you know, all these other consequences in the last two podcasts. But if you looked at, the people that generally have those, you know, have those issues, there's either two things. They either just don't know any better. Maybe they had a coach or something. And that's not, you know, I can't necessarily blame them because they, they may have just been following instruction. But on the other side, they may have known that they didn't feel very good and they may have been doing too much. and They may have been hurting themselves, but they kept doing it. You know what I mean? They mm-hmm. kept. That's why I, I had made a post recently and said most of the hormonal and type of like, and, you know, irregularities and stuff we see in a lot of these people are there. A lot of them stem from deeply rooted psychological issues, you know? So is that kind of, you kind of see where I'm going with that, that type of person, those are the types of people that are generally going to get into trouble here um, with just doing, you know, doing too much. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's like an introduction to, (laughs) That's basically an introduction to where, you know, where this kind of all, um, where it all starts. Does that make sense? Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it it seems that it stands to reason that, I don't know if, you know, go as far as to say disorder, but something like OCD or something like narcissism, things like that. uh, It's kind of an easy match for bodybuilding because of the the structure and because of the results and the, the desired results, you know, the need for focus on, uh, myself or, you know, whoever that person is in, in order to build up their body and, and really kind of just obsess on it. Right. To a, to a very right. large degree, if you're going to get the kind of results that you're looking for. So seems like a natural, uh, natural step for people with those proclivities or those disorders. And, uh, of course, like anything else, it can be taken too far. You know, it, they can, they can, you know, get too deep into something. And of course, if something doesn't work out, then what, what happens if they're, cause if, if you put all your eggs in that basket, your entire world is about to collapse because everything that you've, that you've obsessed on and focused on it, it, you're not getting the results that you want. So obviously there can be some pretty negative manifestations there. If, uh, if one's not careful with their, with their own psychology. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You can, you make a great point. So those people that have those on like, again, underlying psychological issues, you know, you might not consider narcissism on the same playing field as clinical depression, but a, but really, I mean, it could be, right? Sure. I mean, it could, it could be just as controlling or more, right? You know, so it's just, it's just not maybe die. It's not maybe not like diagnosed the same or as commonly, but, um, but yeah, those, those folks are going to generally be under the mindset of more is better. We do more, we work harder, we do more, we do, you know, whether it be like, I do more cardio to get leaner or I, you know, take more of these supplements to get 
better or I eat less food to get leaner or I eat more food to get bigger. And it's like an absolute thing, right? There's no, there's no gray. There's mm-hmm. no middle ground. It's just, it's more, more of whatever I'm doing is better. Yes. Right. Right. And it's no, there's no middle ground there at all. There's no like, well, my body's beat up and I need to rest or my, you know, or none of that, that stuff doesn't really come into their mind because that would mean taking a break and breaks are for quitters. And, you know, we, we can't be doing that. So, you know, I would even, I would even say myself personally that I've fallen into that to some extent in my earlier years, because I'd had some issues that basically stem from just doing too much. Right. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to say it was like entirely a lack of knowledge. Cause I knew at the time that I knew at the time, maybe this is a bit too much, but I also, I also was just too, uh, hardcore or whatever you want to, you know, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> to, uh, just not push through it. Right. No pain, no gain, whatever. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, and there's also, there's also some other things that I think will play into this that aren't directly related to just doing too much of something. It's also how you perceive something. So like a behavior that's unhealthy, it's really all how you perceive it. And then also like, how does it affect your life and other people? So let's say, for example, you are, you measure your food. Okay. Right. Common one. Or you, the gym is a going to the gym is a priority for you. And that's something that you're going to prioritize above some other things on your schedule. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, you might have people that are like, Whoa, there's something wrong with you. You weigh your food. Like what? You know what I mean? Like that's so now, now you think, Oh, well maybe there is something wrong with me. You know what I mean? And you don't, (laughs) even though, even though it wasn't giving you any problems before you're kind of just listening to these you know, maybe listening to these people that are, maybe they don't understand it or they are, dare I say, they might be jealous or, you know, whatever. Right. But I've seen that one a lot too, where generally good people like my clients, that they have families and stuff and they take care of their families and they're, they're, you know, just good people. They're not being like a crazy narcissist where they're like neglecting their spouse and not, you know what I mean? Like, or anything like that. It's just they get up early, they, they prep their meals, they do their thing. They take, you know what I mean? It's like, they, they don't let that really affect their lives, but for whatever reason, the people around them just are constantly berating them with this negativity. Right. And so they start thinking, Oh, there's something wrong with me. Like I should, this is such an unhealthy behavior. I'm like, well, this is unhealthy behavior or are you just in an unhealthy, unsupportive Right environment, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not. And, and as a coach, it's not my business to be like tell someone that their wife or husband is, you know, <laughs> is is stepping out of line. Like I can't. I'm not going to get. I'm not going to get in the middle of something like that. But you know, at the same time, I feel like sometimes these people are. They do. They do go about things correctly, and they do manage. They it's they aren't doing anything else in their life. They're not doing something so extreme that it's affecting their life or negatively affecting their health or, or anything like that. They just like the lifestyle and they do it and they enjoy it and they, they get something out of it, right? They're doing it because they get something out of it themselves. And, but yet they still have a spouse or a family member or, or whatever. That's just very, very negative about it. And sometimes that turns it into a bad a behavior, right? It wasn't a bad behavior, but now it's a bad behavior because the people around them say it is which sucks because you're not really looking at yourself and like that this is actually a positive behavior like you you should be looking at the other person and looking at what they're doing in their life before you're judging yourself on that you know no you're right and there's (laughs) there's normally a reason that the person's saying those things to you i mean they've got they have something going on where they're uncomfortable or they've got something that they're not talking about you know whatever it is right so So I think an important thing is how you perceive an issue, because if we look at anyone, I think if we look at anyone that's accomplishes anything, there's some sense of an unbalance there. What you would balance like this word balance is like, 
I think it's such a stupid word because really balance is kind of in the eye of the beholder, right? How like my sense of balance is I can function as a human being and do all my stuff and blah, blah, blah. And my sense of balance is going to be way more lopsided than somebody else. You know, Mm -hmm. the other person's balance would be like, Ooh, you know, I weighed, I weighed chicken on a scale the other day. I'm freaking, I'm a, you know, something's wrong with me. Right. And I'm like, well, you know, I do it all the time. <laughs> it's not a big deal. Like it's not, it's not a big deal. Like, you know, I could, I've done it and I've done it for so long, you know, done things like that for so long too, that I could literally go to a family, you know, family function and, and bring a scale and weigh something on the scale. And it wouldn't feel weird to me. Now, I'm not saying I do that, but I'm saying I could, right. Because mm-hmm. I'm not going to feel like, Oh, wow. You know, I'm better than them or, or I won't feel deprived because I'm doing it. It's I choose to do something, right? I'm choosing to do something. I'm not worried about, you know, I'm not worried about like, you know, hey, they're eating cake and I'm not eating cake. I'm not worried about that. That stuff doesn't really, doesn't really affect me. And it's going to affect some people. And those people are going to feel it's, and it normally affects them the most because people are like, hey, you want some of this cake? You can't have this cake. Right. You know, da, 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 da. <laughs> like, it's like, well, you know, it's and a lot of the time people act like that because like I said, they don't understand it or they're jealous or, or something or, or whatever. Like we do the same thing. We're all guilty of it. We're all guilty of poking fun or, you know, it's something we don't understand. We've all done it. Mm-hmm. We Normally we don't, we don't always realize that we do it. But it's just weird to us because it's just not like what we do, right? Mm. So I think it's important too to just keep an open mind about how you perceive the situation. So always make sure that everything you're doing is not neglecting your life. It's not neglecting your job. It's not like, you know what I mean? Nothing like that. And if you can honestly say that, that what you're doing is not hurting you, it's not hurting others, then what's the problem? You know what I mean? Like, is there a problem or do you just have a lot of negative, like a lot of negative people around you that, that really have some problems of their own maybe. Yeah. And that's, that's what you're basically dealing with. I think when you talk about the negativity coming from those around when someone's trying to better themselves and, and put some focus into that, there's definitely a, like an element of jealousy, I guess. But the people who are spewing that negativity, just like in most things in life, are the ones who actually have the issue. And, and they are right. projecting those issues onto the person they see trying to improve. Because it comes back to, you know, misery loves company. And there, there are a lot of negativity in general loves company. It's, it spreads like wildfire. Usually it spreads faster than positivity. And so I don't know just by the nature of, of the, the negative energy, I guess you could say it just, it just seems like it spreads more easily and more quickly than anything positive. So when someone's trying to make those, those gains, they're trying to make those moves toward a better lifestyle, then you know, the other, the, the person might, the other person around them might think, well, you know, I don't have the time, the energy or the desire to do the same thing. And he's going to, or she's going to end up looking better than me. And so the, the wheels start turning and they try to hold that person back. Um, and that on top of all of everything else that the person who's trying to better themselves, you know, they're, we, we come back around to stress. And I'm, and I'm sure today's conversation is going to land there as well as one of the consequences of, of fitness. Um, the, the people, you say as a coach, you don't really coach about the interpersonal relationships of your clients, but man, to some degree, that's got to, it's, it's bound to come up, right? Like you almost have to be somewhat of a life coach too, because bodybuilding and fitness is a lifestyle. You know, it's not just a, necessarily a hobby. It's, it's something that you actually, you know, you, you shape your life around this thing and, uh, your relationships are bound to come into play at some point, right? Oh, hundred percent. I could, I couldn't even count the number of times that that conversations come up in a, an email update or something from a client. Like yeah, my, my husband is, you know, I'm just using a arbitrary example. My husband is very negative lately. He doesn't like what I'm doing. He doesn't approve of it. I'm like, okay, well, you know, are you following the plan? Cool. What else are, you know, what else is going on? Are you still, are you still doing the things around the house that you would normally do? Are you still like paying attention to your husband? 
right? Like you were before. Are you treating your husband differently now? Well, no, I don't think so. Well, then I said, unfortunately, I think there's a problem maybe with how your husband's perceiving the situation and not you. Mm. You know what I mean? But it can go the other way too. Don't get me wrong. Like sometimes I'm like, you're being an asshole. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, right. we need a, we've got to, we've got to fix that. I mean, you can't do that. That would be like, you know, that would be like me going back to the family situation. And now I'm, I have my food, but I'm also like criticizing my family because they don't do what I do or whatever, which I'll tell you that I'm, I'm never going to do that to somebody because I just don't care. I just don't care what they do. Like they, if they don't care what I do and I don't care what they do, everyone just kind of, you know, everyone's happy. Like, just don't worry about it. It's not that big of a deal. You know, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. Like I'm such an anymore. And it's like every year older, I get the less I just care about what people are doing and because it, it just doesn't affect me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just, I'm not that, just not that worried about it. Um, so, so like the jealousy thing. Uh, yeah. I mean, everyone, I think that's a natural human trait is to their jealousy, right? So mm-hmm. that can pop up over somebody's doing something that you want to be able to do, but you're not there. Right. So um, I mean, there are things that I'm certainly jealous of that I might not necessarily have control over, but, but yeah, you know, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go poke fun at somebody because I look a certain way or they don't, or I'm bodybuilding, I'm a bodybuilder and they're not a bodybuilder. They're just a peasant. Right. Like, <laughs> so it's like, but some people, yeah, but some people do though. Right. I mean, some yeah. people, they, they get that mindset to where they they become so structured and so focused on what they're doing. They feel like everybody else should too. And so they may get a little condescending in that regard. They can't. Oh yeah. So it's something to it, watch it for a possible consequence. At least, you well, know, I think, I think judgments in there somewhere too. Like you, yeah. even if you don't yeah. want to judge other people, you know, when you have that kind of a lifestyle and you see somebody else who, you know, weighs 400 pounds or something like that, it's, it, it's a mind thing. It's like you, you can't even control the fact that you're judging somebody for the way they look compared to you. Sure. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is because you, you automatically, when you fix your eyes on somebody, you're going to have an instant, you're going to have an instant analysis of that person, right? right. Mm-hmm. It's an automatic, it's an automatic thing. doesn't matter if you know them or not, or you know anything about them, you have an automatic analysis, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah, it is a natural thing that happens and, don't get me wrong. Like I don't approve of what some people do. Like I don't approve of being morbidly obese. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit there and tell someone that it's okay. Right. But I'm also not going to sit there and tell a bodybuilder that it's okay to like abuse themselves with copious amounts of, you know, drugs or something like that. You know, if they're doing it or not taking care of themselves, like I'm not, (laughs) you can't, you can't be condescent. You know what I mean? Like you can't be hypocritical either. Sure. Um, So so yeah, don't be judgmental. You have to be fair with people. Now, if somebody's gonna come at me and start, you know, start giving me shit about something, I might, I might bark back a little bit at them, but it's not because it's not because I care. It's more like I get enjoyment out of that. Kind of, <laughs> you know. But if you gotta fire that's back, good. that's one that's, that's a whole different story. I mean Yeah, that's a different that is a different different topic, but yeah. That is so that is one thing that I do see is the like the relationship burden, mm-hmm. right? The relationship burden, family, friends, uh, all that stuff. And I will tell you that I'm kind of introverted. I'm very good with people. Like I can sit and talk, right? We talk on podcasts and not shy. I speak at seminars in front of tons of people. We can talk like I'm fine with all of that, but I much prefer to be kind of introverted on my on a normal basis. You know what I mean? So I'm not like out in some like super duper crazy social setting where it's like, I, I couldn't do what I want to do, but at the same time I can accomplish anything. Like I can hang out with a friend. I can do something with my wife. Like I can, none of that stuff, none of what I'm doing really affects any of that. And at the same time, if it's a situation where I can't eat off my plan or whatever, like they're cool with it. If I am like two weeks out from a show, they're, they don't care. You know what I mean? Because they're, because I'm still there. I'm still present. It's not any different. 
you know, the funniest thing to me about that whole thing is like, does it really matter if you and you aren't eating the same thing? Like that is really what's, you know what I mean? Like that's really what's the deterrent in your situation here is he's eating this food and you're eating that food. And that bothers you that much that you can't talk and just, (laughs) you know, you can't have your normal function because this person's eating chicken and this person's eating, you know, whatever, I don't know, you know, whatever they're eating fried chicken. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? like, that that's so funny to me that people can let something so silly like that get, get in between them. But yeah, that's an absolute consequence for sure. Happens ton, I mean, all the time, all the time. It's a normal, normal thing, especially for people that are introducing this into their life at a later stage in their life because they're already, they're already like very established. A lot of them have a spouse. Maybe they may have children. They may have relationships formed. They have a job that's more established, right? They're not like a college student or whatever that's still figuring things out. So you do have that. Now, there are a lot of other specific issues that can form along the way that are more a result of like the OCD you know, and stuff like that, that we were kind of talking about previously. Eating disorders are super common in this industry. People don't talk about it a lot, but they're all over the place. I guarantee you that. I can guarantee you that. Um, And it can be, we could say eating disorders or just anything that results from body dysmorphia, right? Mm -hmm. Which that could be. So it's a combination of eating disorder plus over-exercising disorder, so what have we done here? We've essentially established, when we talked about this before, we essentially establish a bar that's pretty high for us now. Like we want to look, you know what I mean? Like we want to look a certain way. And this, and this is even worse for people that have, that have competed before and they've achieved that like contest condition, you know, well, I hate to break it to you, but you're not going to look like that. All the time. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? It's, it's not going to happen. So we've set this bar really, really high. And genuinely people are just afraid that they'll regress like some, like magically, if they eat a little more food that they're just going to blow up and be, you know, a blimp or something and just lose everything that they've worked for. When really what happens is they restrict for so long that when they finally do half, they're basically forced to eat more and exercise less. They do blow up because they've established, you know, They've established all of these like dysfunctional hormones and and digestion and all these things that we were talking about before. So of course, yeah, they're going to gain fat back. Like their body's been basically starved for forever instead of just kind of like having periods of eating more and eating less along the way and doing it proper time increments and things like that. They could have basically avoided all of that, you know? Mm -hmm. And of course they can form... Well, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say in terms of eating disorders too, I mean, we talk about like the, the restricting, but anyone who's not actively like trying to immensely bulk up and they take, they're taking in the amount of calories that, you know, 6,000, 8,000, whatever calories that you're going to take, that's overeating, right? And the body is not used to a, a normal, you know, everyday body is not used to trying to take in that many calories. And if they do, then that, that's, that's probably where the morbidly obese, you know, um, that kind of dysfunction would come in as well. So, you know, the, right. the, that's another, you know, just, uh, I, I guess just, I wanted to bring that up because restricting and overeating is it kind of goes with the, with the, uh, the lifestyle, right. It, at least for, if you're competing, especially. That's everything, right. You're either, you're doing one of two things. Most of the time you're either restricting or you're overeating, you're yeah. eating in a calorie surplus or you're restricting food. Yeah. And, that's that's pretty much what you do 90% of the time you're in doing one or the other uh, but doing one or the other for too long of a period of time or something like that could obviously be be problematic right now what we end up running into with the eating disorders is a couple different things so the obvious one would be under eating would be like, you know, we're talking like forms of anorexia and things like that because mm. just extreme restrictions from, from fear of getting fat. Right. And you will see a lot of people with anorexia that do gravitate towards bodybuilding. And I've seen a lot of them actually do really well, like eat more and, and gain muscle and button and gain some fat back. And they look really good and they've 
they obviously just gaining the weight back improved their health. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but you can see some people that didn't have that to start with and they end up kind of forming it later. Right. Now, what you probably see more often in bodybuilding would be over-exercising because most bodybuilders know I got to eat a certain amount of protein. I've got to eat, you know, this and this. So yeah, they might restrict because they're eating too low of calories. Like you're, it's going to be, I tends to be more common in females. Like they'll go super duper low calories, but they'll still eat. They're not completely starving because they still know they got to get their protein in, right? They gotta, <laughs> you know, so they're still eating something. They're not full on going like days without food, right? Mm -hmm. But what they're doing to compensate is they're doing copious amounts of activity. So it's, it could be cardio. Like they could literally be on like a stepper treadmill or, or running or doing something where they're literally just like, burning calories or uh, the kind of the hot thing now is using the step trackers, right? Like your smart watches mm -hmm. and stuff. Cause it's step track steps. But the thing is they'll, they're like, well, I'm not doing cardio. I'm like, yeah, but you're doing like 30,000 steps a day. Right. You know what I mean? I'm like, how are you doing that many steps? Like, well, I, I, I walk around town all night, you know, to get them done. I'm like, well, that's a problem. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like you're, you're intentionally, I'm um, said, yeah, you're not walking on a treadmill, but you're intentionally increasing your activity level to compensate for what you feel is going to make you fat. Right. Mm -hmm. So their body compensates the same way. It still forms those hormonal adaptions and all that stuff we talked about, like restriction, your body's going to pretty much pick up on restriction one way or another. If it's too much exercise or too low of food or whatever, or or it could be training, right? You could be training for too long. They train six, six, seven days a week and they lots of volume, tons of sets in the gym. Their workouts are really, you know, they don't even rest between sets or doing like, you know, super sets and circuits and shit the whole time, which by the way, if you're listening to this, you're probably completely wasting your time because none <laughs> of it's effective. You're, you're not using any, like you don't rest and you're not using any weight, right? Like not enough. You know what I mean? Like you're literally mm -hmm. just burning calories. You know, so, so yeah, they, they figure out some way to basically do more of something or do less of something to give them the result they want. So that is, that is either an eating disorder or it is disordered thinking or behavior in some way. Right. Um, the second one would be binge eating disorder. And this is pretty common. This is pretty common in bodybuilding. So, um, my, was it my mom or my wife, they both work in, they both work in like the, uh, psych slash developmental disabilities field. They were talking about it. Like they just added binge eating. This was a few years ago. They added binge eating disorder to the diagnostic manual for like, you know, for disorders. And it, and it could have, might've been five years, you know, how time goes, but it was, it was <laughs> yeah. within the last 10 years. Yeah. To that. Um, it was roughly about so six had, to seven years ago now, but yeah. Yeah. Uh. You'll probably add tack a couple extra on there. Cause I'm probably wrong, but, they, <laughs> yeah. but they added that to the manual, uh, bed BED binge eating disorder. And that's probably outside of like the restrictive or over-exercising. That's your next most common that you're going to see. Now, that's an interesting one because that one's kind of unsuspecting because you wouldn't think that people would binge eat when they were trying to, you know, attain some type of like physique goal. The problem is most of the time they never intended to do it anyhow. It's they have they have basically driven their body into the ground so badly that every time they taste food or they anything palatable or they get around food or they do anything that their body's just screaming for them to eat. It's like, you've got to feed us. We need food. It's like, we need body fat. We need something help. You know what I mean? And anyone that's had binging disorder or binge eating episodes, they know what it feels like. It is a, and I've had the, the feelings before, like after extreme preps and stuff. And I kind of get them. I kind of get those almost every time after a prep, like that feeling where my body is like, Hey, get us out of here. We do not like this, you know, and anymore these days, I kind of ramp up out of a contest prep pretty quickly. Cause I've, I'm just like going slow, just kind of drags that process out for me. So I kind of ramp up quicker 
and it gets me kind of out of that state. But anyhow, you'll feel these feelings where it's, you can't quench it. It's insane. Like you could be, you could feel like your stomach is like going to just burst and you just cannot stop eating. And this isn't a willpower thing. So like, I kind of giggle when people online, like, Oh, you binge eat. Cause you don't, you know, you have no willpower. I'm like, look, nobody sits there and stuffs themselves to the point of like feeling like they need to go get their stomach pumped and go to the hospital because they don't have any willpower. Right. Like that's not, and some of the stuff people binge on isn't, isn't like palatable stuff. Like we're not talking, they're binging on sweets and things. They do, right. That happens more palatable stuff is going to be a little bit more common to binge on, but dude, they'll binge on bodybuilding stuff. Like I've seen people binge on plain, you know, like nothing like nasty, dry ass chicken, whatever. I've seen people binge on raw potatoes, raw, completely raw, which are, which is like absolutely disgusting. You can, and you cannot sit here and tell me that you would binge on a raw potato willingly. (laughs) Right. Just, like, no, I don't know anyone. I mean, maybe somebody likes raw potatoes. I personally don't know anyone that does. <laughs> but <laughs> but my point is, like, these people aren't even always binging on palatable things. They're just binging on normal stuff that they might eat on a regular basis. Rice cakes or rice or potatoes or oats or chicken or beef or, you know, or whatever. I don't even know. You know, whatever people eat. And um it's not a willpower thing. It's there. It's a hormonal and hunger signaling to your brain is completely whacked out so badly that you've created this behavior. And now you have two things. It's a behavioral issue where there's normally triggers, right? There's normally like people binge eat like a certain time of day or they'll binge eat like certain foods or after like a certain meal or at night or, you know, whatever. So you have like a behavioral thing that's habitual and it's also hormonal because your body's kind of whacked out. Um, and unfortunately, it can go on for a really long time. So even when people regain the fat that they may have needed to function, they might still have binge eating disorder because now it's like a habit. Now it's like every day. And it's a really bizarre thing. Like I've had a couple people, you know, we've talked about it more in depth and they, they're like, man, I would go home and I would be scared to even just go home and be by myself. Cause I know I couldn't stop eating. Like I couldn't even, I couldn't like stop myself from eating. Like I had to leave the house until it was like late. And I was so tired that I had just had to go home and fall asleep. Wow. Mm. You know, so it's pretty, it gets, can get pretty extreme and it's all that just because they wanted to live a lifestyle that they was supposed to be healthy, right. healthier. When you went through that, what was your uh, food of choice? Um, so I'll be honest. And when I feel that type of thing, I pretty much just start increasing my calories on my plan right away. If I'm, if I'm coming out of a contest, cause here's the thing. If I just try to hold my calories down to compensate for like overeating, it's kind of pointless. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and mentally, and I do that with clients too. Mentally, if we're like after a fat loss phase or after, you know, after a, a contest prep or something where they're leaner and their body's been underfed, I'm like, look, there's no point in us eating this like bird food here, this tiny bit of food when you're just going to overeat. Anyhow, we might as well increase your plan mm-hmm. and you're also going to feel better because you're not cheating on your plan. Now you're not right. Mm-hmm. You're not like mad at yourself because you're overeating. You're just following your plan. So you feel, you feel better about it. You know, so, so that's kind of what I do most of the time is I'll just come out of that, that situation much faster, just because, um, like I said, you're just going to feel better about it. You're not going to feel like you cheated or did something wrong. And uh, that's what drives, you know, guilt is not, guilt is not what you want when you have an eating disorder going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, so, um, yeah, so binge eating disorder, very common in, this industry, very common in, I say very common, but it's relatively common in like my, especially like my female population and stuff where they're dealing with a lot of those, uh, issues that we've talked about in other podcasts. Uh, it's not uncommon that they've had 
periods of binging. It, for some of them, it will last a very long time and so maybe become a permanent behavior until they get some help. For others, it can eventually go away, but by the time it goes away, they've regained twice as much fat as they had when they started. You know what I mean? So they're like, they've, I mean, I've seen crazy overshooting and there's actually studies on this, like over, like overshooting your body fat set points. If you started, you started your fat loss journey at 150 pounds, a woman, and she ends up at 120 pounds and then she binge eats and she ends up at 160 later. You know what I mean? Like she's effectively reversed everything plus added 10 more. Right. So, um, yeah, that's not good. It's not a good, <laughs> it's not a good situation. Yeah. So you have folks who come into bodybuilding with these, these preexisting conditions, such as eating disorders, such as, um, anything from self-esteem issues, um, anxiety, depression, things like that. And obviously uh, obsessive compulsive disorders. One we talked about, um, obviously the bodybuilding fitness, you know, if not done correctly, appropriately, if not managed well, I guess, um, can have negative effects on those preexisting conditions. Do otherwise normally well compensated people in your experience, um, people who are otherwise mentally healthy have a pretty good constitution about them. Do they ever get into the bodybuilding lifestyle and come out worse for the wear because of, um, you know, that they, they slide into these, like these obsessions or the, uh, the eating disorders, I think would probably be, like you said, the, probably the most common thing for people who are otherwise healthy, um, to kind of slide into that, that negative, um, disposition after, they started bodybuilding. Do you, do you find that otherwise healthy people back to my original question, um, ended up worse because they didn't manage their bodybuilding lifestyle? Well, yeah, it can happen. I think some of it may be like poor direction, you know, mm -hmm. they have maybe, and that's a common one and that's not, this isn't me, um, bashing anyone or marketing for anyone or anything. It's just literally saying like people get really bad, people get really bad advice and they, you know, and they, they might be an otherwise, they never intended for that to happen. And they never, I mean, I've even had people that I've start working with later that have these uh, disordered eating and they have the hormonal adaptions and all this stuff we talked about. And they're like, man, I'm so mad at myself that I let this happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm so frustrated because they're not, they're not stupid people. They're intelligent. You know, they're intelligent people. Like I was just following my coach, right? I just wanted to keep competing because my friends were competing or, or I did the same two shows every year and we did it over and over or whatever, you know, and they just like, they're just mad. They're frustrated that they allowed, that they got to such a bad position uh, because I mean, let's be honest, most of the time, if there's a problem, we don't realize there's a problem until there's a big problem. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's difficult. It's a lot easier. It's a lot easier for me to be preventative towards these things. Cause I know what I'm looking for. You know what I mean? These people don't know they're new, right? They they're just, they're following direction and stuff. They don't know. They don't know that there's going to be issues like that unless they have good direction. They're just kind of, they end up way down the line. They end up having all kinds of problems because they get to a point where they're like, well, this definitely isn't right this definitely is not how it's supposed to be. Yeah. And if they never had anyone, you know, if they never had anyone along the way, kind of, uh, kind of help them prevent those things or, or take precautionary measures or establish like healthy habits and stuff like that, then they, they might be screwed. I mean, they're just like really far gone. Um, yeah. I think also um, though that you, you, I mean, things kind of, they come out of nowhere so often. I think okay. that being mindful, yeah, practicing sure. mindfulness to some degree or another uh, is important just so you make sure you're checking in with yourself. You know, like, yeah. like for instance, I've had, you know, I don't use it a whole lot, but sometimes I use some, some stimulant pre-workout and I've got to be careful because I've triggered some anxiety before that came out of nowhere, which then in turn triggered some anger 
that I, I became pretty pretty angry all of a sudden, and it was just it literally came out of left field. I was hungry too after my workout, and that's a, <laughs> that's a whole other element of the story because I went to yeah, Jack in the Box, and and they really really made me angry, and I'll never go back to that Jack in the Box again. Um, they screwed up my work. Well, they wouldn't even get, they wouldn't even serve me. I walked inside, and and they decided they were just going to run the drive through because I don't know, they were getting too busy or something. I was the only person literally standing there and I was starving and I was hangry and I was anxious and I became <laughs> angry. And it, I mean, it, it literally, it, it sounds kind of silly, but this came out of left field, you know? And so I, I, I have to make sure that I manage my, you know, myself a little differently because it was very uncomfortable being in that situation. Like the way that I felt, I felt like I was going to jump out of my skin. Right. And, um, uh, I don't get really anxious very often, but sometimes I do. And so I've, I've got to kind of, uh, make sure that I'm managing myself in, in a way to where I don't trigger that kind of anxiety. Uh, I can imagine that there's a lot of, you know, different right. things that, you know, people just in general, whether it is a self-esteem issues or, or whether it's a, a, an eating disorder or maybe even depression, um, that if you're not checking in with yourself and managing yourself, fitness can actually, you know, kind of turn against you in some ways. A lot of ways there. I could, I can sit here and name a bunch of them. You have, you get on the scale. You don't like what you see on the scale in the morning. Right. Boom. Whole yeah. day, whole day shot. Right. We don't even, we haven't even stepped out the front door yet. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're, you know, it could be anything like that. Slipped up on my diet. Right. Mm-hmm. Pissed all day long, even though we could have. So we probably go and do something stupid instead of, doing, you know, instead of playing damage control or getting back on track, we probably do more stuff because we're mad and it just makes it worse. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, you can think of a ton of like small examples like this because people are, they expect a lot of themselves and they're managing a lot of variables. So, you know, their work schedule goes off. They miss a meal, mood shot, right. Mm-hmm. The whole day shot. So like, these are things as a coach that, when I, when they tell me these things and I can, I read, I'm like reading an email or something like, well, they're pissed. You know what I mean? Like they're not, not, they're upset. Right. Yeah. They, it's okay. It's fine. You know, and I gotta, you have to understand that by flying off the handle or, or creating all this anxiety or, you know, ruining your mood, you're doing so much more damage than, you know, whatever else happened. The best possible thing we can do is regroup and let it roll off your shoulders, like being able to roll with the punches, you know what I mean? And just being adaptable. And those are skills that you get along the way. I think you may figure out tips and tricks and stuff, but, um, but yeah, man, they can, there's a million and one things during the day that could go wrong. Man, if they're not on your plan, if that wasn't, you know, because these people have these people that are type a have a plan their whole day, should run according to their expectations. And if it doesn't, we've got, you know, Mm -hmm. we've got a problem and their whole day is going to be just shot. Now let's do that. Let's do that a few times a week for 12 months and let's see how stressed out your body is. That's all that added stress that you didn't have before you started you know, measuring your food and bringing your meals and doing all that stuff. You've added way more stress to your life that you didn't have before. Right. So yeah, that's a good point. Um, And that's why kind of like a good final point, I guess would be one of the things I do with a lot of people that are newer that have never competed before, or they have, they have history of any eating disorder or addiction, or they have, or just anyone, like even just like, the normal, you know, the person that's in good health and in good state of mind, like you mentioned, I do this with most people is that if they take interest in wanting to compete or they have any type of more extreme goal where they want to get really big or they want to, you know, get really lean or whatever it is, I always make sure that they go through cycles of, I want you to know what it feels like to eat more food, to eat less food. I want you to know what it feels like to do this, you know, to train hard, to do cardio, to do live this lifestyle. And I want you to know how you react psychologically and manage all that stuff. I want to go through like a couple cycles of this up and down and make sure that you can handle it before it make and gets a little bit of experience with it before you go and you know do anything extreme. 
one of the biggest things I see fail is these people that have big weight loss and they go right into competing. They're like, I've lost 70 pounds. I'm like, I'm doing really good. My coach says I'm ready to compete. And they go and they go lose another 20 to 30 pounds to do their first contest. I'm going to tell you what, after that contest, they are lost because all they've ever known is weight loss. And they, and they used to be really overweight. So they, you want to talk about someone that's afraid to eat after the show. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's your, there's your person right there. That's the person that's going to end up with eating disorders or, and, or the person that when they do regain some fat back, they're going to freak out. So what are they going to do when they freak out? Time to compete again. Yep. You know, right back into the show. They're doing it a few months later or six or, you know, five months later, six months later. And they just keep doing it over and over again until it doesn't work anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, and they're, and they've got all these other, you know, all the 101 hormonal adaptions that we talked about on the previous shows. And what it's all because they wanted to lose body fat, not be obese anymore. And now they've got a boatload of problems and an eating disorder. There's their gift. And they didn't even, <laughs> you know, it's like, here you go. This is what you got to show for all your hard work. And sometimes I feel bad, you know, cause like I said, they get bad direction and they, they had good intentions and they work really hard and they, you know, because that's the message out there, right? Work hard, just keep grinding, never give up, always strive for your goals. And I'm like, what if your goal is wrong? You know? Or, or what yeah. if you reach a go the goal and then now what goal do you go for now, right. you know, or do you try to stay with your goal, stay where you are, you know? Right. What are you going to do? What are you going to do after your goal's over? You got to realize that there's every, like, you know, everything you do has, there is a consequence or a reaction or a result from this that is going to, you know, bleed into the next thing you do. There's nothing like nothing happens in isolation. You're not, you're not going to lose a whole bunch of body fat and not have to do something afterwards to maintain a good result or come out of that deprived state or, or something. So that's why when I'm coaching someone, I'm always, I'm always thinking about here's what we want to accomplish, but how can we do it in the best way that they're still going to be in a pretty good position after it's all done or, or what are we going to do after it's all done to, you know, better, set them up kind of like the people I talk about going through the cycles. Right. Cause I know if we can do that, they're going to be okay in that post-contest situation. Right. They're going to be good. Like we've got, we've established a good base. They kind of know what's up. They're going to listen to me. They're going to, they're going to come out of it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and they're not going to hate bodybuilding when it's done. Cause you know, you've got all these other people that are had those bad experiences and all oh, the bodybuilding is the devil and da, da, da. I'm like, nah, it's really just your actions. You know, you just didn't, you just didn't do it right. Um, it's not your fault maybe because you had a coach or whatever, but it's just, that's just what happens, <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you brought it up. So, you, you brought up the, the term, the magic term that, that has popped up all three episodes so far. And that's, that's stress. And what stress does to the body by the very nature of, of working out, of exercising and lifting heavy weights, you're, you're increasing your body's stress, you know, exponentially. And on top of the other things, the demands, you know, trying to fit, uh, your gym time into your schedule and, and managing relationships. And like you were saying earlier, managing your food and, um, trying to, trying to meal plan and sticking to it and, and all just, it's, it's a lot of stress that's added just by trying to be healthier. And, and so it's very, very important yeah. that we find ways to manage that stress. Um, especially because once again, the nature of the exercise itself is stressful on the body. And when you talk about yeah. like, like we have in the first two episodes, the, the, the hormonal, um, changes that happen when, when stress, the stress hormone is introduced into the body, you, you start, um, with the cortisol and then everything else starts going haywire. Right. So we've got to be, we've got to be yeah. careful with that. Um, so I, and stress is always going to be there when it comes to exercise. It's always going to be there. So it's something that has to be managed. It can't be uh, ignored or forgotten about, you know, and that's why I guess rest is so important. Getting sleep. Um, that's going to, that's going to compound the consequences of those things. If we don't manage ourselves properly. Right. I mean, um, we always have to account for that stress being there. 
Yep. I use, uh, and I didn't coin this. It was actually somebody I do a podcast with. He, and we were talking about this. It was like uh, a bank. He, and he used this example, which I like. It was a bank account. And you have stress, you know, you have stress tokens you can withdraw from your bank account. Mm-hmm. But if you don't deposit any stress tokens back in, you know, right. that's, you know, and, and I kind of, I kind of always tell people if you, the more demand you put on the body, you know, or the harder you push your body, the harder you have to recover, right? You have to do, you can't just train more or do more of something or eat less food or something else without giving your body some kind of positive input coming back mm-hmm. and, you know, to, to recover. So yeah, you, like I said, you, and you nailed it. It's like, you're, you're doing something that's intended to be positive, but you have to understand that there are um, checks and balances here. You know, we have to balance all the systems yeah. and stress is exercising is a stress. Worrying about how the heck you're going to plan and make your, all your food is a stress, you know, meal prepping is a stress. Why? Cause it's kind of a pain in the ass, yeah. you know, <laughs> like, and you're basically doing all this stuff on top of your normal daily tasks. And most people already have a bunch of them. Mm. And, you know, and, and the most of the people that want to bodybuild or want to do or get more into fitness, they're already largely more driven people. So guess what? They naturally have more stuff on their plate than most other people. Mm-hmm. You know, my business guy that's got, and I'm giving you a more extreme example, but my business guy that's got owns his own company or whatever, that's, that works 70 hours a week. He wants to work out and compete in bodybuilding. Right. Of course. I'm like, well, I'm not going to say that it's impossible, but you're going to have to understand that we're going to have to structure things in order to still allow you to sleep and, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, recover and all that. So yeah, to your point, exactly. We have to manage, you know, it's all stress. Everything's stress. We have to manage the total amount of stress that is put on our body. If we do not, you will have consequences. You cannot avoid them. Your body is way smarter than you are. It will adapt in ways that you can't even imagine, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so well, yeah, that's a good, uh, take home. Yeah. So, and to, to be fair in closing, um, there are a lot of good consequences, a lot of good results to fitness and bodybuilding exercise, of course. And that's why we do it. Right. Oh yeah. Um, but, but those are the, I think those are the results that we focus on mostly. And and oftentimes people in general might, um, gloss over some of the negative potential effects some of the negative potential consequences of, of fitness. And so I think that's, that's one reason why it's such an important topic and such an important thing for people to, to think about because if you don't like if it doesn't cross your mind like it did with me with that that little anxiety spell i had that night um if it's not in my radar to think about in the first place if something doesn't happen in the first pl- in the first place typically then it's not i'm not going to think about it so i'm not going to take the the time or, or take the measures to avoid those consequences um so just kind of hearing about it, thinking about it, and then managing yourself um, so that you don't have to face those negative consequences is a, it's a good thing to do. You, you, you should, uh, you should, you know, it's, uh, take some time to, to it, work on those things. It's like the, uh, the, when people say just eat less and move more yeah, and you'd be in better shape, I'm like, Oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> I said, yep, on paper, you need to eat less and move more. You are 100% correct. But I said, you got to be a little more specific than that. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, like, yeah, you know, because your, your average person is going to eat way too less. <laughs> yeah. you know? mm-hmm. They're not going to adhere in the whole number of problems. So, yeah, that's some good closing points. It's a it's a little more, it's more about just giving the body the right amount of stimulus to get what you want and just not too much stimulus. And it can take a trained person to help you, or it can take maybe you just messing up a few times to figure it out. I mean, heck, that's how I learned most stuff, just screwing up on myself. And now I can help other people not 
screw up as much on their own selves. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? so, yep. Well, Austin, we yep. appreciate you coming on with us, man. This has been a good time. Um, this was a very well-rounded conversation and they, I think they tied in nicely. I think they tied in nicely after we, um, after it was all said and done. Colt and I were wondering how you were going to tie these together and you tied it with a nice, neat, pretty bow. Um, how the body, how the, how the body and the mind, you know, and the, 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 the chemicals and everything that's going on inside of us, how they all kind of connect and, and how to take better care of ourselves and what, what things to look for, um, what kind of signs and red flags to look for and, and how to uh, how to go about starting to fix them at least you know how to how to repair the yeah. the body and the mind through all this which is super important so we really appreciate your expertise man we're gonna keep following you around on the socials and stay in touch for sure I appreciate it and thanks for having me guys absolutely yeah and we're also gonna point all of our uh, listeners and anybody within our social media grasp to uh, to Austin Stout so definitely go check him out follow him around. Uh, you can only be improved by uh, anything that he says or anything he shows you. So thanks again, Austin. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, thank you, guys. We are officially out. Thanks again to Austin Stout, and thank you, CEP listener. Remember that word of mouth feels like a well-compensated psychological mindset for us, so don't forget to tell your friends and fam about the great variety that you hear right here on the CEP. Subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you consume your podcast to keep the variety coming straight to your ear holes with the automaticity. Also, on that note, when you go to Apple Podcasts, it would help us immensely if you would give us a five-star rating while you're there to show your love for the CEP. And speaking of love, we love it when you give us all of your love on the socials, so please go to the socials. Give us your love. We're looking for you. And be sure to visit the new and improved launching pad for all things cerebral at thecepodcast.com, which is now where you can also buy our CEP merch. And, of course, if you need to contact us, you can do that at Cerebral at thecepodcast.com. And uh, you can still pick up your merch at buyjack.com online. So get your CEP gear today for you and your and your friends and your family and all that good stuff. Anyway, that's all I've got this time, folks. So be sure to keep those big, beautiful brains of yours nice and warm out there. See you.